The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. Go to our website, sportsangle.com. We have wrote an article very recently that I want you to check out on the sportsangle.com. So definitely do that. As well, we have audio, video, live streams, you name it. We have it on the YouTube channel. As well, go to all our social media at Sports Angle and be definitely be sure to follow, like, share, and turn on notifications. Uh, everything is appreciated. The NFL, last year you had division winners. Last year you had a group of teams that had the division title put on their resume in 2020. So what we're going to do here for the sports angle is I want to dig deep about the eight division winners from 2020. And what I want to do with those eight division winners is we are going to examine if they are going to be able to repeat as division winners or is someone else going to replace them on that ladder. So let's start out with the AFC East. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills organization, they are an interesting case. Because the Buffalo Bills, before 2020, really before 2019, the Buffalo Bills were always just, oh, they're a team that exists in the NFL. You knew about the diehard fan base. You knew about the playoff drought. You knew about all these circumstances involving Buffalo. But for 20, near 20 years, the New England Patriots had dominated that division. So last year, when they took off, when they became a beast of an organization in the AFC East, not only was it a welcomed addition, I also believe a lot of football fans were happy to see Buffalo win the AFC East. Now, do I believe that they could go back and do it? Definitely. Absolutely. I believe the Buffalo Bills organization will be able to win the AFC East again. I mean, I know the New York Jets with Zach Wilson, the New York sports media is hyping him up as the next great quarterback. The Miami Dolphins with Tua, there are some things they're going to have to work out. And the, New, and the New England Patriots, I've been saying for months that even with them spending a lot of money in the offseason, I don't trust them talent-wise to win the division again. So I say that Buffalo, I will give this a 75, 80% definite that they are going to win the AFC East. I mean, they got a real talented roster. They got guys like Josh Allen, the running game. You have a triple, uh, you have a triple uh, situation there in Buffalo. You have Stephon Diggs, who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And their offensive line has gotten better as time has progressed. So Buffalo, AFC East, I will give them uh, 75 to 80% because of the fact that the Buffalo Bills, you've got New York, you've got Miami, you've got New England. And unless one of them has a breakout season, I don't see them surpassing the Buffalo Bills. So as we're talking about the 2020 division winners and calculating if they are going to repeat as division winners in 2021, or are they going to fall down to earth uh, in 2021? Next, let's go over to the AFC North. The AFC North was a real interesting scenario because the Pittsburgh Steelers started out at such a great 
um, situation. I mean, they started on such an historic run. And then Pittsburgh started to decline just a little bit uh, by the end of the season. And I will say this without trying to be harsh. With Pittsburgh, I don't see how they're going to repeat as division winners. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson is still a very talented quarterback. I like what they've done with the offensive line. Wide receivers, they've tried to at least get some more wide receivers in Baltimore. At least they're making the attempt to help out, unlike a certain team in Green Bay. Defensively, Baltimore should be good. Uh, They lost one or two guys, but they replaced them this offseason. So Baltimore, I believe they are going to be tough. Cincinnati, I really want to see what Joe Burrow can do in a full season. Uh, His offensive line is shaky, but the running game is good. His wide receiver core, uh, there's a reason why they drafted Jamar Chase to team up with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Defensively, they have made some improvements on that side of the ball in Cincinnati. So until we get a full season from Joe Burrow, we'll see how competitive they can be. And Cleveland has been the surprise story of the NFL in 2020. I don't believe that's going to stop in 2021. In fact, I will make my angle live here on the show. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be a team that falls down to earth in 2021. You have a terrible offensive line, but yet you drafted a running back that's going to be running 10 yards backwards, trying not to get, not trying to get his ankles uh, ripped out of its, uh, ripped out of its, uh, ripped out of its tendon. You're going to have a quarterback who's on his retirement tour and Ben Roethlisberger wide receivers. You have chase Claypool, the rest of them. I'm not so confident in when it comes to Pittsburgh. I don't trust the offense to get the job done. I will say that they will fall down to earth in the 2021 NFL season. So continuing talking about the 2020 division winners and saying that they're going to repeat as division winners or they're going to fall down to earth. The AFC South, the Tennessee Titans won the the, uh, AFC South last year. They beat Indianapolis. They beat Jacksonville. They beat Houston. Tennessee had to go up against Baltimore in the first round of of the playoffs. Tennessee is interesting because they do have Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is a very good quarterback for what he is, uh, for all the weapons and all the stuff he has to deal with in Tennessee. He's not terrible. He's not great. He's a good quarterback in the NFL. You have some wide receivers that he can deal with, A.J. Brown, for example. Uh, their offensive line it has been a real good uh, addition, but Tennessee did that on purpose because they want Derrick Henry to keep feeding him the ball. Defensively, they did make some subtractions defensively, but they also added some players in the draft and the offseason defensively in Tennessee. So I'm going to say it's a 50-50 uh, with Tennessee. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, they seem like the odds-on favorite to win that division. But Carson Wentz, brand-new team, brand-new situation. Uh, we'll see what happens there chemistry-wise. Jacksonville. Who knows if the Trevor Lawrence, Tim Tebow train will end up being successful in year one. And the Houston Texans, they're a team that exists. So that's all I'm going to say about Houston. And they still have Deshaun Watson as of now. So I would give Tennessee a 50-50 of repeating as a division winner in the AFC South. It's going to be Indianapolis and Tennessee. Jacksonville might poke their head in but that will be um, a long shot. Then the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs have reigned supreme in that division really since 2016. Uh, The Chiefs with Alex Smith, with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You had some good offensive line uh, linemen. The Kansas City Chiefs have been a real great organization in the AFC West. And I'm not going to say it's a 100%. 
But I will say that there is a 90% chance that the Chiefs are just going to come back and dominate in the AFC West. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have one of the top five players in the NFL. You have the top tight end. You have a top five wide receiver. Your defense is really much around the same as it was last year. So when it comes to Kansas City, I would give them a 90% chance. The only reason why I don't say 100 is because of the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert in year two, he will progress. Guys like Keenan Allen at wide receiver. They've had guys like Mike Williams, tight end. They brought in some really good guys in the offseason. They brought in Corey Lindsey from Green Bay to beef up that offensive line. Austin Eckler has been a solid running back in the NFL. And defensively, they've added pieces to that, to that core to make them better. I like Bosa. I like Murray. They have some good stability on defense. That's why I don't give them the 100%, but I will say it's about a 90% chance. And I can't see Chiefs will repeat as division winners. So as we transition over to the NFC on our 2021 NFL division winners conversation, just remember to go to sportsangle.com, check out all the articles, audio, video, live streams, you name it here on the Sports Angle. So in 2020, the Washington football team, by a small margin, won the NFC East. Now, the Washington football team, I will say, because of who they have at quarterback, because of they have Antonio Gibson at running back, you have Terry McLaurin at wide receiver, there are some building blocks on at the tight end and offensive line but I don't believe it's enough to take over the NFC East again. You have the New York Giants, you have the Dallas Cowboys, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, will I say that the Washington football team could most likely be an eight and nine organization? Will they be around an average team? Yes, I, would, I will say that that's a good uh, possibility. But do I think they'll win the NFC East? I'm going to say no. Uh, the New York Giants have upgraded so much this offseason. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have all their guys back. Outside of Philadelphia, who is clearly rebuilding for the future, I believe that it will be a, a uh, triple threat match for the NFC East title. Now, who do I believe could take that division? We'll go later down the line. But for now, we're just talking about division winners. So I will give the Washington football team, I'll say, you know what? They have a 25% chance of doing it because 25, 25, 25, 25. That's really what I'm giving majority NFC East. It's a huge toss up and we'll have to wait and see what they do. Let's go to the comments. Let's have your angle be heard. Raiders improve defense. Held offense, same, so should be 9-8, and eight, go Raiders. I'm going to say that the Raiders are going to go 8-9. and nine. I like the, the defensive additions, but I don't know with the executives. I don't know with the management. I do not know if they've made enough additions on that end. I don't know if they've made enough of improvements on certain categories in order to make them a better organization as a whole. So offensively, they've stayed around the same. Offensive line is a question mark, but they have stayed around the same. And I do like the two additions they made on defense. I think that they'll be around the same record they were last year. But as we're continuing with our division winners conversation from 2020, and we're going to talk about can they repeat as division winners in 2021, or will they fall back to earth? The Green Bay Packers are next on the list. They won the NFC North. Now, they're going to win the division. The NFC North is going to be won by Green Bay. There is no doubt in my mind that the NFC North, that the Green Bay Packers are going to repeat. They have been the most dominant team in the NFC North for the last 12 years. They have been that team that has been able to conquer and dominate every single time time 
Also, when it comes to the analytical perspective, the Green Bay Packers, you still have Devontae Adams. They have Aaron Jones, their offensive line. You miss Corey Lindsey, but they brought back a lot of people from that tenure. Defensively, you have the Smith uh, uh, duo. You have certain guys like Kenny Clark. There are people in the Packers organization that is doing things correctly. So because of that, I will say that Green Bay will most definitely win the division. The only way I could possibly see them ever losing the NFC North is if a team like if a team, for example, like the Chicago Bears managed to if they managed to, you know, have pick up some momentum at the end of the season. The only way that this could happen is if maybe the Minnesota Vikings with Dalvin Cook end up being a phenomenal team down the road. Because to me, Minnesota is like the only threat that I will really put towards Green Bay. So I'm going to say it's a 75% chance that Green Bay will win it. I will give Minnesota that 25%. Chicago, they're going to be average. Detroit, they're going to be in the cellar. So I will say Green Bay, very confident that they will repeat. In the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints won the division last year. Now, for Saints fans, you're going to hate me. Saints fans, you're not going to like me. But it has to be said. Sean Payton is the last remnant of that 2009 Super Bowl team. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston having a back-and-forth rotation, I don't know if that's going to work. You have Alvin Kamara, but will he be the guy that can have 2,000 yards and put the team on his back to win a playoff game? I don't know. Wide receiver-wise, Michael Thomas is an elite wide receiver, but you have to have a quarterback to get him the ball. And one quarterback loves to open his bakery on Sundays, and the other one likes to run the ball and be a Swiss Army knife. So I don't really know who is going to give him the ball over and over and over again. And your offensive line is solid. However, I don't know if your offensive line will be able to uh, withhold six or seven seconds for Jameis Winston to find somebody open. So New Orleans Saints offensively is questionable. Defensively are majorly, majorly questionable. Defensively, they had to let go of a lot of people to get under the cap. They had to let go of some real good players on that side of the ball in order to stay under the limit of the NFL salary cap. That's going to affect them. So I will say confidently that I have the New Orleans Saints falling down to earth, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, when it came to the 2020 division winners. And the final division winner that we're going to talk about is from the NFC West, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Seattle's an interesting case because Seattle has Russell Wilson. They have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Their offensive line isn't the worst in the, in the NFL, but if Russell Wilson had his say, he would say it was among the worst. Defensively, they have some, some very stellar guys, but this is clearly no longer the Legion of Boom in Seattle. This is no longer the Pete Carroll-led Seattle Seahawks team that made it to the Super Bowl in 2014 and 2015. So, Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks, I'm going to put them as the last team that's going to fall down to earth. They finished 12-4 and last year. I don't believe that they are going to have that same record. I think that it is a very likely possibility. I'm going to say it's a 15% possibility they'd win a division. The Rams have gotten better with Matthew Stafford. Arizona Cardinals beefed up with their offseason moves. San Francisco 49ers are getting all their players back from injury. So the Seattle Seahawks, I will put them at a 15% chance that they will repeat as division winners. So to recap for all the people who just joined in on the sports angle, 
we were talking about the NFL division winners. And I said that the Bills, I said the Chiefs, I said the Packers, and uh, those are the teams that I believe have a near lock of winning the division again. The Titans, the Re- uh, Redskins, and the Seahawks, they do have a chance, but I don't know, if, uh, depending on all the other factors that are going to happen in their division. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints, I have is falling down to earth, them collapsing uh, from what they were last year. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know in the chat down below. And we'll be back from a quick break here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Now, the NFL, the most important position on the field, the most valuable position on the field is the quarterback position. But you need people to protect your quarterback. You need that meat wall in front of your most valuable asset. Now, I've always believed that the offensive line is the most important position on the field. I've always said here on the show that the offensive line, if you do not have a great offensive line, you will not win a Super Bowl. If you do not have a great offensive line, if you don't pay your big boys those millions of dollars to protect your QB, you are not going to get the job done. And the statistics have always backed that up. Every Super Bowl winner, really over the last six years, has had a great offensive line. The Broncos did, the Patriots did, the Buccaneers did, the Chiefs did. All of those teams had great guys in front of their quarterback to get the job done. Now, why, do, why, why are we bringing this up on the sports angle? Because there are a trio of young quarterbacks that have no offensive line in front of them. There is a trio of offensive linemen that unfortunately will not meet 
that expectation of great at the next level. So I'm going to sit here and talk about those guys. Now, we're going to cross out a couple of uh, quarterbacks before we get into the discussion. The Arizona Cardinals, they are no longer in that discussion. They have Justin Pug, DJ Humphreys, Rodney Hudson, Brian Winters, Kelvin Be- uh, Beecham. They have beefed up their offensive line to protect Kyler Murray. So they're not on that list. The Baltimore Ravens have one of the most consistent and one of the most reliable and durable uh, offensive lines. Ronnie Stanley, Bradley Bozeman, uh, Kevin's a leader, uh, Alejandro Villanueva. The Baltimore Ravens have normally been good at protecting their quarterbacks. The Buffalo Bills, they are a couple deep when it comes to their offensive line. They get the job done out there in Buffalo to protect Josh Allen. Now, the first team that is very sketchy, the first team that you kind of sit there and scratch your head and go, I don't know what you're trying to do. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, you have Jonah Williams at left tackle. He is a first-round pick in 2019. So far, he has not lived up to that first-round label. At left guard, Michael Jordan. No, not the GOAT from basketball. Left guard from the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Fourth-round pick in 2019. That could go to Jackson Carmen, their second-round pick from 2021. But that is a question mark. At right guard, you have Quentin Spain. And he is a veteran, but he has never been among the best uh, highly rated guards in the NFL. Riley Reef, he was good in Minnesota, but those were a long time ago. All right, that was like five years ago. He was a real good offensive tackle. Now he's past his prime. So outside of your center, Outside of your center position with Trey Hopkins, outside of that situation, I don't know if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to protect Joe Burrow with just one-fifth of a great offensive line. All right, all four of your guys outside of Trey Hopkins, I'll give him credit, he's good. Outside of Trey Hopkins, the rest of your offensive line is sketchy at best. So Joe Joe Burrow is going to have to run for his life in Cincinnati, and I feel bad for him. I really do. I feel bad for what Joe Burrow is going to have to deal with in the upcoming uh, season in Cincinnati. Uh, Continuing the young quarterback conversation, it's not Cleveland. I mean, heck, you can make the argument that Cleveland probably has the best offensive line in the NFL. I mean, they really have beefed up that offensive line. They are four deep out there in Cleveland. How about, uh, they're going to say, well, what about Denver? Well, Denver, they have been built on their offensive line. That's where the Denver Broncos have been for the last seven years. Bowles, Reisner, Cushenberry, Glasgow, Massey, all of those guys are really young. They are not these old veterans in the NFL. So they're going to be able to get the job done. A team, however, that is questionable. A team that I wonder if their offensive line will be able to protect um, their young quarterback. It's not the Chargers. It's not the Jaguars. It is a team that if they get off to a bad start, if they get off to a very weird and shaky situation, Tua is going to have to run for his life. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. Austin Jackson was their first-round pick in 2020. He'll be at left tackle. But the rest of your offensive line in Miami is questionable. You have Sakura, who came from Baltimore at center. He was kind of a backup in Baltimore, so I don't know how he will produce in Miami. At left guard, they have Liam um, Eckenberg. Uh, from Notre Dame, their second-round pick this year. Uh, When it comes to rookie offensive linemen, it's really hard to judge before the season kicks off. At right guard, they have Adam Pinky, who uh, came from the uh, Green Bay Packers on the waiver wire. And at right tackle, they have DJ Fluker, who was a former first-round pick 
eight years ago. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. You can do anything with an app. Order groceries. See faraway friends. And with Thumbtack, you can even fix up your house. Thumbtack's the app that finds local pros for you. It shows you prices, reviews, and when they're available. In a few taps, you can find a great plumber, cleaner, painter, pretty much anyone. So fix that broken sink. Get that accent wall. Handle your home projects the same way you do everything else with an app. Download Thumbtack today. So the Miami Dolphins are kind of in a weird situation. They have a bunch of waiver claims. They have a bunch of unsigned free agents. Uh, Outside of Austin Jackson and Liam Eckenberg, the rest of that offensive line is very shaky in Miami. So I'm putting Miami on the same list as Cincinnati. How are you going to protect your franchise quarterback when you really have nothing in front of that said quarterback? And then the final team I have on my list, the final team that I just wonder how they're going to fix the situation. How are they going to deal with the current quarterback situation? And I'm actually going to go with the New York Jets. Now, Zach Wilson, they drafted him second overall. A lot of people are saying he's going to be a stud at the next level. But have you seen their offensive line? Yes, they have Elijah Barrett Tucker. They have uh, Makai Becton. But have you seen the rest of their offensive line? You have veterans in Greg Van Roten. You have veterans in George Fant. You have a free agent signing in Connor McGovern. I don't trust the rest of their offensive line, unlike Becton and Vera Tucker. So the New York Jets are in the same situation as Miami. They have two very young offensive linemen that are raw and are currently unproven. And then you have three offensive linemen that just make you question if they're going to be able to protect their franchise quarterback. So before we get towards the end of this segment, a lot of people are going to ask, what about Philly? And my answer is, what about them? Andre Dillard's coming back. They had they, they made uh, Landon Dickerson their second-round pick in 2021. He'll be their starting left guard. Jason Kelsey at center. Brandon Brooks at right guard. Lane Johnson at right tackle. The Eagles are going to be fine. Same with the New York Giants. The New York Giants have beefed up their offensive line in the draft over the last couple of years. They're going to be okay. It's just those teams that I mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, and New York Jets, when you do not have a well-built offensive line, it's going to affect your young quarterbacks. So my angle is that Cincinnati, Miami, and New York, you're going to see those quarterbacks running for your life. You're going to see those quarterbacks taking off and then pretty much just having to pray that they don't have their ACL torn. They're going to sit there, and when they take that hit for the 20,000th time, they're going to hope that their shoulder doesn't get separated from its socket. So that is my angle with the sports angle. Cincinnati, Miami, and New York, they need they needed to fix their offensive line for their young quarterbacks, and they did not get it done. So we're going to take a quick break here on the sports angle, and when we come back, we are going to continue our NFL conversation here on the sports angle. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the articles we have on there, as well as all audio, video, live streams. You name it. We are here on the Sports Angle. Now, the NFC East is an interesting division. The NFC East on paper should be one of the most competitive of them all. The NFC East, you have the Dallas Cowboys. In the NFC East, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the New York Giants. You have the Washington football team. There are going to be people out there that love this division. There are going to be people who are Cowboys fans. There's going to be Eagles fans. There's going to be Washington football team fans. There's going to be Giants fans. I know my fair share. And I will say that when it comes to the ability to get a reaction, there is no division that gets more of a reaction from their fan base than the NFC East. There is no division that gets more energy and excitement from their, from, from their fans than the NFC East. If you head down to Philly and you checked out a Washington versus Philly game, they get excited. If you go to New York and you see a Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants game, they get excited. They get pumped. They get motivated to watch those games. I mean, if you've ever been to Cowboys Stadium and checked out the Giants versus Cowboys, they love it. When you go down to Philly and you check out the Giants versus Eagles on a, on a, on a cold December night, that's what they live for. When you have Washington have the America's team come down to FedEx Field, that is what makes it real. And I also love how you have three of the biggest markets in the United States in this, uh, in this division. You have Dallas, even though they're in Arlington, but they have Dallas. You have New York, even though they play in New Jersey, you have New York City. You have Philadelphia, they play in Philadelphia. And Washington, D.C., even though it isn't a big market, it still has a huge impact in the United States. So what is wrong with the NFC East? What causes the NFC East to be so average year after year? Why is it that really for the last eight years in the NFC East, there hasn't been a team that has put its, uh, put its foot on a tiger's neck and hasn't let up? Why is it for the last eight years, the Cowboys have won the division, football team has won the division, Eagles have won the division, and the Giants have won the division? It feels like it's kind of a carousel. It feels like it is a circus. Pardon the pun, but there is a circus when it comes to the NFC East. Like, take, for example, the Dallas Cowboys. If you listen to Dallas Cowboys fans, they will make you believe that they are the greatest franchise of all time. They will make you believe that they are what's best for business. And in some areas, they're correct. From a business standpoint, Jerry Jones is a, is a 190 IQ when it comes to business. When it comes to putting money in his pocket, he knows how to do it. He understands that, that ideology in order to make money you have to spend money. The Dallas Cowboys, they have one of the largest payrolls normally every single year in the NFL. They have guys who make good amount of money like Amari Cooper, like Tyron Smith. They have Zach Martin, Leo Collins. They have players that they spend money on. They got Ezekiel Elliott, who they paid a pretty pe uh, penny. Dak Prescott, they just signed him to a pretty penny. The Dallas Cowboys organization is basically Dallas in itself. For anybody who's ever been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you will know that they spend money. 
they are enriched when it comes to spending money. And the Dallas Cowboys have done that well. Yet, the Dallas Cowboys organization, they'll win a division title every once in a while. All right, They'll be the top dog every couple of years. Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys organization doesn't convert it to the playoffs. Whenever they get to the playoffs, 2014, 2016, 2017, heck, maybe even 2020, the Dallas Cowboys, if they go to the playoffs, there is almost a guarantee that they are not going to make it to the NFC Championship game. There's almost a guarantee that they're not going to make it to a Super Bowl. Because over the last 15 years, the Dallas Cowboys are good in the division, and then they fall flat when it matters the most. Interesting enough, they kind of are similar to their racetrack in Texas. Texas Motor Speedway, it was great at the beginning. It was great in the 90s and 2000s, but once they started putting the PG1 compound on the track in 2015, it ruined the entire track. There's a reason why there hasn't been a great finish in the playoffs since 2015. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting how the Dallas Cowboys have kind of matched the trajectory of their racetrack they have out there in uh, Fort Worth. Now, what about the New York Giants? As we're talking about the NFC East here on the Sports Angle. Because the New York Giants play in the biggest market in the United States. New York City is the number one market in the U.S. You have L.A., you have Chicago, you got Dallas, you got Houston, you got Philly, but it won't top New York City. New York City is, you know, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. That is what New York City is. And yes, are the New York Giants not the most popular team in New York City? No, uh, that's the New York Jets. All right, the New York Jets, if you listen to New York sports media, they are the most popular football team in the state of New York. It's not even close when you listen to New York media. But what the New York Giants do have, the one up that they have over Buffalo and over the Jets. They have won two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. The New York Giants, for some reason, are that team that just won't die once they get to the playoffs. In the modern era with Eli Manning, they were a pest. They were a menace. But you knew that they were going to be good. When they got there in 2007, when they got there in 2011, heck, even in 2015, I remember like they were in a first-round matchup, second-round matchup, and they were even a pest back then. So New York Giants organization has been known for doing that. And really, New York Giants are kind of similar to their New York City counterpart. They are a pest for the rest of, uh, for the, rest of the world. All right, when people look at New York City from an outsider perspective, and they're like, oh, it's too big, it's too crowded, there's too many people there, there's too many different type situations. Even though people like to make fun of New York City, they kind of admire it in a way. They kind of admire what New York City is made of. They secretly want to be in New York City. That's why there's so many TV shows that are based in New York City. Shows like Blue Bloods, shows like Bowl, shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There are shows like Friends. They are based in New York for a reason. The reason why I'm talking about this, to really take it back to the New York Giants, because the New York Giants compete with the Cowboys, they compete with the Eagles, they compete with the football team. Even though people will make fun of them, even though they'll crack jokes, at the Giants' expense, they're jealous of the fact that it was the Giants that beat Tom Brady two times in the Super Bowl. There's only been one team who has done that, by the way. There's only one team in NFL history that has beaten Tom Brady in two Super Bowls, and it's the New York Giants. There's also the fact that the New York Giants organization has a lot of hardware 
in their in their facility. They have more championships than almost uh, a good portion of the NFL does combined. The New York Giants, if you include the NFL championships and the Super Bowls, they are ranked fourth all time among every single team in the NFL. So in a roundabout way, the New York Giants are similar to their New York City counterpart. People look at them as a pest, but deep down, they admire them. Deep down, they wish they had what they have. Now, you transition, as we're talking about the NFC East, over to Philadelphia. You go over to Philly. And the Philadelphia Eagles, how do I explain this correctly? For anybody who's ever seen the movie Rocky, have you ever seen the movie Creed? If you've seen those movies that are based in Philadelphia, you know that the, that the city of Philadelphia, the state of Pennsylvania, will rally around their guys. The state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia, they embrace their own. They embrace the people who have come from Philly. All right, they will love you and they will make sure that you're taken care of. Hey, man, I got your back. But the problem is with the state, with the city of Philadelphia, they will always look at outsiders as just that, an outsider. We know this because of their hard fought battles with the Cowboys, the Giants, and the football team over the last half century. We know this because of how the Philadelphia Phillies play in Major League Baseball against the Mets, against the Braves, against the Marlins, against the Nationals. The city of Philly, they don't like outsiders. All right, they kind of look at them as the word itself. An outsider is somebody who comes in from the outside. They're not someone who actually was from that said place in the first place. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles organization has been well known for trying to build from the inside. They really embrace that kind of culture that Philadelphia is known for. There's a reason why the Philadelphia Eagles organization, they will occasionally spend big money on a free agent to come down to Philadelphia. All right, there'll be some times where they will go overboard and sign six free agents in one offseason and call themselves the dream team. But majority of the time, 90% of the time, the Philadelphia Eagles build from within. To really uh, give you this example, out of the 12 starters on offense for the Philadelphia Eagles, 10 of those 12 starters were drafted by the team. On defense, 11 of their 12 starters are drafted by them. The only person that wasn't drafted by them was Darius Slay. Understand that the Philadelphia Eagles are enriched with that philosophy, with that idea that, all right, we drafted you, we built you up, we've kind of, you know, raised you, we've taken you in, and now you are one of us. And I can respect that because Philadelphia, similar to New York, similar to Dallas, they know what they are, they know what their division is, and they embrace it. And then the last one is Washington, D.C. I will make this simple. They act similar to the politicians that are part of the government. Washington, D.C., the Washington football team, their idea is more controversy, the better. The more eyeballs on the product, the better. It doesn't matter how we get the eyeballs on the product as long as we get the eyeballs on the product. My angle on the NFC East is Dallas, they represent what the city is as a whole. Philadelphia, they represent what their city is as a whole. New York represents what New York City is about. And Washington represents what Washington, D.C. is made of. All four teams in the NFC East represent who they are as a city. They represent 
who they are when it comes to their culture. And I love it. My angle is this. Dallas, New York, Philly, Washington. This will be the most exciting division to watch in the NFL. You're going to have bad blood. You're going to have rivalries. Punches are going to be thrown. There's going to be hard hits. There's going to be hard tackles. But that is best for business. We are going to transition from our NFC East conversation over to the 2022 NFL draft. Now, you might be asking yourself, it is 11 months away. Why would we need to talk about this now? Well, let me explain to you why. Every single year, every single year, there is this discussion that gets brought up. And that discussion is who will be the next blank? Who will be the next Trevor Lawrence? Who will be the next Andrew Luck? Who will be the next Peyton Manning? To put it simply, who will be the next quarterback that teams tank openly for in college football? Who is going to be the next person that everybody watches and goes, I need that guy, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that person? Because I believe that there is a quarterback that is like that. I believe there actually is a college football player that teams are going to start tanking for. And I'm going to give it to you right now here on the sports angle. Okay? I'm going to say that when it comes to the 2021 college football season, the one person you need to watch out for is a quarterback that is coming out of the draft. I'm going to say there is somebody that you need to pay attention for because a lot of people aren't going to, and that is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Now, yes, is there going to be players from this NFL draft that are going to be um, noticeable? Is there going to be Spencer Rattler, quarterback from Oklahoma? Is he going to get some attention? Yes. What about Kadavion Slovis, the quarterback from USC? Yeah, he'll get some eyeballs put on the product. Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. There are going to be quarterbacks that are going to get that attention. But really, when you stop and analyze what the quarterback class is going to be next year, and you really analyze what the quarterback class is really going to be about, there is one quarterback that is above them all. And it is not Sam Howell. It's not Kadon Slovis. It is not any of those guys I mentioned earlier. The quarterback you need to watch out for is from the American Conference. The quarterback you need to watch out for is from Cincinnati Bearcats. That's right. I'm going to tell everybody right now, you need to watch for Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is going to be a fun quarterback to watch, and he can also rush for uh, yardage as well. He is a dual threat quarterback in college football. Okay? Yes, he has a fantastic arm. He can sling it 50 yards down the field. But he also has rushed for 1,800 yards in three seasons. He has also had all the physical tools to take those hits. He is a guy that will literally juke somebody and then try to truck a defensive back that gets in his way. So I will say from an analytical perspective, Sam Howell is nice from North Carolina. Yeah, he is. But I don't know if he has that type of running ability that De- uh, Desmond Ritter has from Cincinnati. A quarterback like Spencer Rittler, he is undersized. He's going to be somebody that is going to have to deal with being an undersized quarterback at only six foot, six foot one. Kadavion Slovis. He 
is a quarterback from USC. And everyone knows about the quarterbacks from USC. They're great in college football, but then they struggle in the NFL. And Liberty, when it comes to Malik Willis, he has a rocket arm. Yes, he can run. The problem is that Liberty is on a completely different playing field than those uh, colleges I mentioned before. Liberty is on a smaller scale as opposed to the four colleges I mentioned alongside Malik Willis. So at the end of the day, I don't think it'll be Willis. I don't think it'll be Slovis. I don't think it'll be Rattler. And I don't think it'll be Hal. I believe my angle based off of his running ability, his size, his mobility, I have Desmond Ritter as that quarterback that teams are going to watch out for in the 2021 college football season. And if a team is going to start 0-4, if a team goes 1-4 to begin the season, if Desmond Ritter performs at Cincinnati the way I expect him to perform, don't be surprised if a team starts tanking the rest of their season to go get a quarterback. Do not be surprised if a team like the Philadelphia Eagles start tanking their season because they don't trust Jalen Hurts moving forward. I wouldn't be shocked if a team like the New York Jets ended up trying uh, ended up trying to uh, if Zach Wilson ends up having a situation, if the New York Jets start tanking to get a top five pick, maybe there'll be a team like the Houston Texans since they know that Deshaun Watson won't be there and they will and, and they have Davis Mills. But who knows? We've seen quarterbacks get traded in the past and a number one, number one overall pick takes its place. Shout out to Andrew Luck. So the Philadelphia Eagles, they could be an option. The New York, the New York Giants, they could be an option. A team like the Washington football team, they could be an option. In other words, when it comes to the NFL draft, there's going to be a lot of options to go out and tank if they start 0-4, 1-5, if that ends up being a reality. So my prediction, Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincinnati, these NFL teams are going to watch for him and I believe that he is going to turn heads in the NFL season if he gets off to a great start. This is a sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We are here Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And go to our website, thesportsangle.com, to check out all the content. And this is the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow me on social media at Rocco Kelly. And until next time, rock on. And we will see you later. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply.